Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. are back this thing on hold on, hold on. I, I, yeah it's on i was uh trying to i was trying to remember how to use all this uh it's been a month my microphone was like <laughs> hanging by the by it was like you know it was, it was hanging to the to the right I, what's going on is this thing it's only been a month but here we are it's freezing in the it studio is this this building holds the wow. cold all oh, these old buildings that oh you know i'm wearing like five layers and yeah, i'm still cold it's freezing in this thing but that's all right Good morning, everyone. It's great to have everyone back on this 31st of January. It is the Feast of St. John Bosco we will talk about today. And today is also the birthday of my co-host, Jorge Santibanez. Hey. That's right. And um, we've been celebrating since Friday. Maybe celebrating a little too much, but that's another story. Uh, no, su- no such thing. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell it to your mother. Anyhow, um, so all these things are... I'm going to get in trouble for that, aren't I? We're already in trouble. Yeah, exactly. So. But I don't care. Uh, today is just a great day, and, and we had wonderful readings yesterday, and we have a, a great saint to talk about today. Uh, basically, the, the theme for our, our podcast today is about our youth, because it's so it's so vital. I, I'm like, what, uh, 40 minutes removed from preaching my homily uh, this morning, and I was like, you know, I, I felt like I needed to preach like 10 minutes more. Yeah. So that's why I have, we have a podcast, so... Uh, it's so so many things that that we have missed. We've missed all of you. I know you've missed us, and thank you for all the kind messages as we were on hiatus, took a Christmas break, and extended a little bit into January. But also, you know, how can we miss a Super Bowl? We're gonna talk about that later. So you know, we'll we'll get into that in the second in the second segment. But so many things have been going on, and we'll touch upon that. But today, we'll concentrate on yesterday's reading, especially especially the second one, and Don Bosco, and the youth. And I know it's close to you. Yes, it is. He's, he's a he's a good friend of mine. We were born has, on his day, and has long been a good friend of mine. I, I was trying to tell the story this morning. I told it poorly. Um, when a mutual friend that my predecessor, Father Davis, and I have a wonderful priest who's retired, loves to shop for things. <laughs> Let's just put it, and I'll leave it at that. And um, one day he shows up in my office in my last parish. In my last parish, there's a lot of of um, devotion to Saint John Bosco. A lot of Salesians. I'm like, my goodness, you know, you should put, give this parish to the Salesians. There's so many um, ex-Salesian yeah. alumni there, and, and and it's wonderful. And we would always celebrate St. John Bosco big. And so one day, this priest walked into my office and, and had this big old frame, and it was wrapped up in brown paper, like you would get it from the frame store. And I opened it up, and and, and he told me, it's a picture, it's, it's a picture of St. John Bosco. I'm like, you know, okay, great, opening up a picture of St. John Bosco, except it was this picture of his corpse have, as it have- lies... I have, seen, I have seen this yeah. frame. <laughs> All right. And so, you know, it's a picture of his corpse as it lies in corrupt where, where he is uh, entombed. And I'm like, uh, gee, thanks, Father. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, great. And I would take it out every every John, Don Bosco. I was in the closet of my office. I didn't hang that up. And I would take it out every every feast day of St. John Bosco. People would come. They, they'd pray to John, John Bosco. And it was fine. And then... But when I left the parish, I, I told the pastor, listen, I'm leaving you this, you know, it was a gift from the priest that lives yeah. upstairs. Fine. 
when I get here, that he had given that same frame to Father <laughs> Davis, and it's hanging outside the door of my bedroom. So you can't avoid it. You know, at least the door that leads into the apartment of my bedroom. And so, and I've never taken it down. So every day when I walk in, every day when I walk out, it's a reminder to me, and I said it this morning, is a reminder to me of our, really our need as a church, as a parish, to reach out to young people. You know, Sister Rosalie loves comparing me to Don Bosco, and it's flattering. You know, me queda bastante. You know, it's still, you know, I'm still far away from that. But, you know, for me, it's always been important to be around young people and to, and to bring them closer to Christ, to bring them and to show them uh, what John Bosco showed them, the virtue there is in following Christ and following Our Lady and commending ourselves to Christ and Our Lady. And so that was something so important. And the love that, and the love that he had for the youth and love he had for our Lord and instilling in the love for the Lord is so important. And what makes Catholic education, we're celebrating also Catholic Schools Week this week, God, it we, is so we don't important. have enough material today. No, it's too much. I mean, if we, if we make it under two hours, it'll be a miracle. <laughs> so all these things surround, and we start this day and, and beginning you know, a new season, meditating upon this reality and our need as a church to reach out for the youth. Yeah, I, I've seen that frame, and that it has to be, it's awkward, right? But that's as Catholic as it gets, right? Here's a, a, a yeah. body of a, of a corpse, yeah. uh, or a picture of a corpse. But it's got to be a beautiful meditation for you on your priesthood as well. Right. You know, because cause you are that literally... That one day I'll die? <laughs> well, we, we all will, but but in a very special way. And, and really not just you, but all of us are called you know, to lay down our lives for, for one another. Mm-hmm. And, and but, but to have that image of St. John Bosco, you know, who was such a dynamic priest, who was so in love with the youth, you know, who, who did so much uh, for education and, and you being the pastor of, of this parish and many parishes that has a parochial school. You know, I, I have to imagine that's that hits home very, yeah. very dearly to you. It does because for me it's an example of what I strive to be as a pastor and especially of a, of a pastor of a Catholic school. Uh, but even when I wasn't a pastor, for me it was always very important to be uh, like John Bosco, to be with the young people, to be where the young people are at. In fact, the Holy Father tweeted you know, and I'm paraphrasing her because I'm not going to look look it up right now. But he tweeted this morning, you know, John Bosco, why was he effective to youth? He would take the youth out in the streets. He did not stay in the sacristy. You know, going back to my first parish, you know, I would I would be out there for, and I, and I, and I tried to as much as I can now. You know, it's difficult because of my schedule, but I, I would be out there every time the kids played a, a soccer game or a flag football game or a basketball game or a volleyball game or, or whatever it is that they were doing. Or, or play with them, even and Don Bosco was known to playing soccer in his in his cassock yep. or playing basketball with them. My basketball skills have greatly diminished. Not that they were ever that great to begin with, but you know, but I would do. I remember when I was twenty, just twenty six or twenty seven years old, playing basketball with uh, my eighth and ninth graders in my first parish, and I couldn't keep up with them. I'm like, and I felt really old at yep. a very young. I mean, I wish I was twenty six, twenty seven, and had that energy now. It was twenty years ago, but um, but no, it, it was is something that, and it was just it's not something that that I you know that I'd say that I forced myself to do. It's something that's just inherent in me yep. that 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 I need to be like my secretary knows that every every day at eleven thirty it's recess for the kids and I'm out of the office and I try to be out there to make, just to be around the children, to listen to them, to, if they have a problem, sometimes one will pull me aside. Yesterday we had our family picnic and one 
one of our, our young people who graduated from the, uh, the school last year pulled me and said, Father, I really need to talk to you about something uh, that, was, that was on her mind. And we went over, we sat in the dugout of the baseball field and, and, and talked for a good 20 minutes. And it, it was good. And, and, and those are the things that, that we need to pray for. We need to pray for priests that have this love for young people. Every time I've had a seminarian, and this is something that, that, that happened to me when I was a seminarian and I, had, and I was assigned to Bishop Estevez, he immediately said, get involved in the school, get involved with the youth group, get involved with the young people. In fact, I got there the week that I got there. He goes, oh, Father, we're having this, this conference on Saturday. I want you to give a talk on importance of youth ministry. I'm trying to pull together all the things, <laughs> all the documents. And, and so it was very important for Bishop Estevez. And, and for me, every time I get a seminarian, and if he's here during the school year, get involved in the school. I did it with Father Michael Garcia when he was assigned to me, uh, you know, and he is now a great pastor of a, of a great school in St. Coleman up, up in Pompano. So all these things are, are so important because it shows the young people the love that Christ has for them and the love that they are supposed to receive and to give to one another. And you want to talk about love. We had the reading of all readings <laughs> yesterday, and, and you know it ties in beautifully with, with what we're talking about today. Because John Bosco said, you know, the most important thing for young people, and, you know, we, we hit our heads against the wall trying to figure out, you know, what is it that we're doing, what do we need to be doing to attract the youth, and St. John Bosco gives it to us simply. You know, the most important thing for them is that they need to know that they are loved. And that's much easier said than done, because <laughs> then we get this, re- this letter of uh, Paul to the Corinthians, you know, and I always love it when, uh, when couples pick it for their wedding. Because they think, oh, well, you know, it's so sweet, and it, you know, you it's get the poetic. the poet, the poetry of it, but it's laying down the gauntlet. Yeah, uh, what is love? You know, I take it for granted because we do so many weddings um, since our last podcast. Uh, you know, on the thirty first of December, I celebrated the one hundred fifth wedding that we did in the That's parish amazing. in twenty twenty one. I didn't do all hundred and five of them, <laughs> or else I, you know, I would have been speaking coherently. But um, no, but it was it was something to behold. And, and sometimes I take it for granted because, you know, a lot of people pick it, like you said, and, and they don't understand why they pick it. Oh, because it's a wedding and that's the one you pick. No. You, there, is there a reason? Did you read it at your wedding? I don't think you no. did. I, no. You wouldn't. No. You, you and, you and Angie, <laughs> you and Angie would, you know, always, you know, always, you know, like to be different and, 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 and you know, you know, and, and there's so many great readings to oh, choose. I, we, re- we read one this morning at Mass. That is that can be chosen for weddings, and we'll get into that uh, 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 Philippians four. But you know, I sometimes wonder: Do they understand what they're reading? And so when I when I sit down, and I really should look at the readings they chose before, because you know we do so many w- weddings, and and lo- you know when I got here, I go, you know what? I need to be like you know we always complain that the bishop has the same homily for his confirmation, and you know I'm like, there's so many different ways I could preach about a wedding. If but I we know, love it, Archbishop. If you're listening, yeah, <laughs> but he knows. <laughs> You know, we've, we've, you and I have talked about that. Um, but it's like there's only so many ways I could preach yeah. about about marriage, especially if I don't know the couple that well. When I know the couple that well, I could get into, sure. you know, a little more detail. Not about them, but about, you know, what, what is important to them in the scriptures. But when I when I sit down and I hear, so, I'm always surprised when I don't hear the, the reading. And I'm like, oh, this couple paid attention. This couple put some effort mm-hmm. into, uh, into picking another reading. Not, not to say that, they don't pick maybe they, they they went through it and I said, Well, we really understand this reading. Sure. We really understand First Corinthians thirteen. So when you hear it on Sunday, I'm like, Oh, God, I hear this three or four times a weekend, every weekend. Uh, and I'm hearing it at mass. But it is such a beautiful reading. 
and, and, and just hit the finer points. What love is and what love isn't. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not, it is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interest. It is not quick-tempered. It is not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And that's, I remember, I, I hear that, that those three words, love never fails. It was a, um, the title of, a, of an apostolic letter that the bishops of Cuba sent to the people, I believe, in 1994. Um, again, useless information in Father Manny's head. And it was a great letter back then, and a very prophetic letter. But everything that that uh, that is love, St. Paul talks about here. And really, that's what we need to give to our young people. That's what we need to give to our people, is this understanding, especially our young couples getting married, the understanding of what the love of Jesus Christ is. Not the love that you'll find mm-hmm. in a love song. On a, you know, on a I, Hallmark card. No, but you know, yesterday <laughs> I was thinking, uh, you know, if I was preaching the 530 Mass, which I didn't have yesterday, I was thinking of all the love songs. And I was thinking of, uh, of, of um, a song in a, in a movie by, that was in um, the Moulin Rouge by Ewan McGregor and Nicole Cabin, and they had this great love song medley in all it. The me- yes, that's and, great. And it starts off, you know, basically him speaking the words, all you need is love. You know, love is a many splendid leg. Love, love lifts us all we, to where we belong. All you need is love. Three great love songs right yep. there. And, and then all of a sudden he goes into, and they, and they just do this medley of love mm-hmm. songs. And so, yeah, musicians, artists, poets try to capture love, but none of them approach what St. Paul talked about in this second reading yesterday. Yep. Yeah, and we're, I'm coming up on uh, on 10 years married in September. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I, I just said that. I'm coming up on 10 years married. That's incredible. And you know, I, and I still, you know, I, I mean, I, I hope I get it a little bit more than I did on my wedding night, but, but I still got a ways to go. Angie's still got a ways to, I, I'm the first to admit it, you know, I'm not perfect. I try, but when I see, when I see this reading, you know, and then apply it, apply it to to you know the the nitty gritty of of daily not just married life of daily life period yeah it's it's goals like you just said you know and, and I hope to be more patient I hope to be more kind and not quick tempered not rude yeah well you know I am quick tempered by nature so <laughs> <laughs> I hold it in but <laughs> yeah. does not rejoice in wrongdoing rejoices with the truth you know that, that so important. You know, I'm, I'm going to steal from 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 a, pre, a brother priest. Oh, by the way, it took us 13 minutes to mention Angie. No, I mentioned her a little earlier. You you missed it. Anyhow, so um, uh, a week a week ago, uh, CJ, who is our our hockey expert, expert, uh, got married uh, to his lovely bride Chuchi. You know, Tyler Hero, uh, president of the Tyler Hero Super Fan Club. And they just got back from their honeymoon over the weekend, and was back. They were back at mass singing yesterday, and I and I thanked them for that. Um, Father Willie is is uh, is the president of Belen and, and and CJ's uncle, and uh, celebrated mass, and I can celebrate it with him their wedding mass. And and I have to steal the story of that that Father Willie told um, about this second reading, uh, which was not read at 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 mm-hmm. Chuchi and CJ's wedding because like you and Angie, they know better, and so. 
But Father Willie wanted to talk about this because talking about the importance of St. Paul and the importance of, of, of the Scripture also. He was talking about this, um, this wedding that he, uh, that he celebrated about two years ago of, a, of an ex, ex-student, of, uh, an alum of, of Len, and, um, and wasn't here. And he was there, and the groom was there, and the second reading came up, and the uncle of the groom got up and started reading Love is patient, love is kind, and start doing the whole litany that, that that Paul does here. And then all of a sudden, he turns from the text, from the pulpit that he's supposed to be preaching, you know, excuse me, proclaiming the word of God to the people in, in, in the congregation. He veers off from the text. Oh, no. And turns to the couple and said, you know what? I feel inspired. Love is also this and this. And this, be- and, and, and Father Willie said, I didn't know what to do. And I'm thinking to myself, when I'm hearing this story, I go, I don't know what I would have yeah. done. Because, you know, the groom was giving him, like, the kill signal. Like, you know, mm-hmm. putting his slander, just cut yeah. him off, cut him off. I mean, like, he was embarrassed. Oh, and, and Father Willie was looking at him like, all right, you know, he just let him finish. That's right. Cue the, cue the organist to play no, him No, to off. play him <laughs> off, like in the Oscars. It's like, wow. So... And, and listen, it, it happens to me at funerals. It happens that, that people get up there and they say, "Oh, it's so great to be here." I go, just mm-hmm. just read what's on the page. One, thankfully, Juan also tells him, "Just read what's on the page." But he was doing that. So after the mass, Father Willie approaches, and I'm telling the story poorly. He could probably tell it better than I could. It happened to him. Uh, Father Willie approaches this gentleman and says, "Hey, come here a second. What, you know, what happened during the second reading?" Oh no, Father. I, I was so inspired. I wanted to make, you know, make love and make it modern, make it more approachable to them. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? This is St. Paul. Yeah. The words that he wrote, he gave his head for when he was decapitated by the Roman Empire because of those words. Yeah. And you think you could tell them better. better about love than St. Paul that was divinely inspired by Christ our That's Lord right. who, who, who appeared to him? Oh, and who wrote man. these things? I go. How could you do that? And that's and that, and this is the point of my story is that we can all explain what love. And, and I would ask a million people, everybody would give me a different response. But here is the response. Yesterday I did the children's homily. Oh, I saw this tweet. I said, I said, and your your homily got cut short. No, it was like <laughs> at, at this point, I go, why why even bother? And so I brought the I did the children's man. I brought the children's up up to the altar. And I and I talked about this. I you know this is what Saint Paul says about love. But you know, and he says later on, you know, in the in this in this um, in this reading, when I was a child, I, I used to talk as a child, think as a child, mm-hmm. reason a child, reason as a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. So, but I said to the children, you know what? But sometimes we lose when we when we become adults, we lose that innocence and in how we see love. So I want to ask you, what do you think? How would you define love? I asked them. Now the first little kid raised his hand and said, "No love is family and, and friends." I'm like, "That's good." Then one of our little fourth, one of our wonderful fourth graders, she sings in the choir, has a wonderful and very very deep Desiree, and Desiree ro- ro- raised her hand, and she goes, "Love is Jesus dying on the cross." And I'm like, "Well, I'm done." You know, I mean, how can I? You know, I had to continue because other kids had their their hands raised, but I'm like. Every and I said in the tweet, everything I said after that was absolutely meaningless. Because 
the personification of love is Jesus dead on a cross. There is no great, and he says it in the gospel, there is no greater love than this than to give up your life for your friend, to lay down your life for a friend. And that is what he did for us. I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. We are his friends. He died for us. That is what love is. He showed us how to love. Now, and here's the thing, and I, I say this to married couples or to couples that come to get married all the time. Are you laying truly laying down your life? Do you love this person? Because I don't have to ask Jorge because I know that he would lay down his life for his wife, and I pray his wife would do the same. She would. But all these people that come to get married, or all these people that come into my church, would you lay down your life for your beloved? Would And let's take it a step further. Would you lay down your life for love of the Lord? And that's what martyrdom is. So every day is a, is a martyrdom, so to speak, in dying to ourselves and saying, this is how much I love you, my beloved, my spouse, my wife, my husband, my children, that I laid down my life. I, I'm not worried about what I need. I'm worried about what you need because I love you. And that's so important. You know, and we hear martyrdom and we think naturally you know, of the martyrs who literally gave their life. Right, we we'll bust out the red, uh, the red vestments, and we think of you know the apostles who literally lost their lives because of love of the Lord. But and it's still happening. I mean, there was a, there was a priest who was uh, unfortunately stabbed to death the other day in the middle of confession. You know, so there's there's still modern day martyrs literally giving their life. I really should it, lock the door when I go into confession. There's a lock that I never use. Wow, it's I mean it's scary, but it's it's the truth. But but we are all called. To martyrdom, and it's and it's simple martyrdoms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the it's the what we call the white martyrdoms. Right. You know, and and John Bosco again to, to kind of go back to him. I was looking for his quote right now, but I can't find it. But it basically speaking to his young people, he says, you know, for you I study, for you I labor, mm-hmm. you know, for you I work, for you I pray, for you I would give my life. You know, so so yes, he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't die for them per se. You know, he didn't. Get beheaded. He, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't martyred, yeah. But he gave every ounce of his being for the Lord through them. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 could have done whatever he wanted to, but but he studied and he labored and he worked and he he you know opened up schools you know and and had head headbutted uh, not literally but headbutted his bishop you know to say this needs to be happening because he loved them so much. You know, it just reminded me of something that. Um, a former student who listens to this podcast. He's currently studying in Cleveland. Why he's studying in Cleveland is beyond me. Um, But uh, he graduated uh, when I was at Immaculate. He graduated, I want to say, he's a freshman in college, so four or five years ago. And at the end of the year, they would would always do no prom or anything. We'd call it an eighth grade social. It was, you know, the parents of the child and the child would come in. We'd have a nice dinner and, and the kids would dance and and it was nice, but and then they would, you know, the kids would give a gift to every one of the teachers, you know, a little gift card or something, and they would say something nice about that teacher. And then this young man, whose whose mom was a teacher at the school, and and uh, father is such a great man, and they and they come to visit me often. He said something that I I have that somewhere in my, in, in my private office at, at the house of something you just said about Don Bosco. He said to me, he says when he was talking about me and thanking me for 
for being their pastor. He goes, Father, you live and breathe for us. And, and it always, to me, it wasn't just uh, an honor that they bestowed upon me, but also a challenge mm-hmm. to not lose that zeal for young people as I get older. Uh, you know, I think of Monsignor Vince Kelly, who is well into his 80s, and closer to 90 than 80, and still has a great zeal for education, who has a great zeal or St. Thomas Aquinas High in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Go Raiders. And, um, you know, and I see that and the love that he has for those young people. And so when I when I think about that moment and, and what Gavin told me, and, and Gavin, you better, he, he says, oh, sometimes just listen to the second half. Gavin, you, you better listen to the first <laughs> half. Um, you know, when he said that, to me, it, it, it's, and I had to go find it and, and probably frame it because it's so beautifully said. We need to live and breathe for each other, need to live and breathe for Jesus Christ, need to live and breathe that love. Because, and especially when it comes to our young people, and I said it at, the, at Mass this morning, and, you know, this is why it's so such a priority for the church, World Youth Day, you know. and It's happening, by the way. It I'm is. Gonna, I'm going to just go out and officially mention it right now. It's happening. World, yeah, I don't know when it's, it's happening, next, how it's happening. No, it's, I think it's next How we're going to put summer. it together, who's going to be in charge, but it's, it's next, happening. It's we're next, going. Yeah, it's next summer. <laughs> Whether the pastor goes is another story. I'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll see. I'll try. We'll see. Anyhow, I you're, love you're this. Speak, speaking of zeal for young people, right? Yeah, I, I, I've never been to a word youth day. <laughs> Big crowds. Sorry. I mean, and yet I go to the March of Life. But uh, that's that's controllable. Um, but anyway, so so when it comes to the church, the church is doing that. But but here's the thing, and I want to make this distinction. Because Jorge and I have have these discussions and these and these arguments. And really arguments, we, 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 we're on the same page of this. It's not found in programs. Oh, we have this great program oh. for young people. If somebody actually, you know, Izzy, shout out to Izzy, you know, but a rough weekend, but and she's there. Uh, she's like, what about this, Father? I'm like, no, it doesn't work. I go, but, but no, but it works other, but I go, it works other places. It doesn't work here. Miami is unique. Miami is, oh. you, you know, it's 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 so unique, and, 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 and God bless the children. They are so unique. So what is working... In Boston, or working in Phoenix, Arizona, or working in Grand Rapids, you know, yep. or Michigan, or wherever it is, it's not going to work. Miami. In Mi- it's not Miami. Everything is unique. What's the Archbishop's favorite joke? You know, what does he love most about Miami? It's so close to, it's so, it's close, so close to the United, United States. States. Yeah. <laughs> he, goes, he said that at his, at his installation. I want to thank the Holy Father to assigning me to a diocese so close to the United States. But and it's not just the, it's not just the the the. The, ethnic, the ethnicity or, or, or you know, no, just, the great it's, it's Hispanic a special, population. It's a, it's a special it's place. Just so, there's so many cultures and so many ways of, of rearing young people that we have to keep up with it. So it's not found in programs. Jorge said it. It's found in showing these young people how much Jesus Christ loves them. Well, I got another John Bosco quote. Go for it. it. it which, which, again, and ugh, he's so quotable. But he tells them, literally, run play, jump, scream, you know, be kids, but do not sin. Yeah. That's it. I, I read that one. Yeah. You know, run, jump. and um, uh, True story. In the high school, my classroom had four windows into the library. And the librarian would go crazy every time I had class because I would let my kids, you know, if they needed to go to the restroom or, or to throw something out, I would just say, you know, don't interrupt the class just to, to just get up and go. Oh my goodness! In high school, you would do that. I wow. would. I would. And Being then facetious, folks. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and then 
if I finished a lesson earlier, it was a it was a Friday, and I would say, okay, well, you know, we we did what we had to do, so we have five minutes. Let's just hang out. Let's be together. <laughs> you know, let's talk to me. You know, I I don't need to be teaching to the last. I know you're you're averting your eyes right now. No, I'm not. I, I, I don't need you, to you teach do the same to, things that I to do. every single you know to the last second. So I said, you know, I finished the lesson. You guys have any questions? No. Okay, it's Friday. Let's hang out for a little bit. And teenagers being teenagers, yeah, Oof. we. We had some nice conversations going, but you know there were a few fooling, you know, goofing around in the back, and the librarian would go insane <laughs> and start, you know, tapping on the window. How dare you do something different? And you know, I, I literally made a poster with John Bosco's quote, you know, "Run, play, <laughs> just do not sin." And, not I, and I said to her, "Are they sinning? No, they're being kids, and this is <laughs> this is why they enjoy coming. <laughs> and they need to be children. I mean, it's why we give the kids, you know, yeah. half an hour recess yeah. every day so they could go out and be and be children." There was a quote that I mentioned in mass this morning that I cannot forget. I ran across it when I was this morning before mass. It said, and I and I tweeted it out. And I want to get it right because I don't want to. I don't want to misquote it. The principal trap that the devil sets for young people is idleness. And isn't that the truth during the last two years of pandemic, where kids had to stay home, had to be idle? But we cannot blame the pandemic entirely because this was happening a bit before that. It it accentuated it. Oh, absolutely. Because for children, you know, for young people, you know, looking at their phone, looking at TikTok, you know, looking at you know, Instagram, seeing what other people are doing and, and find and just going down that rabbit hole. It's idleness. And I, I would I would take it a step further, not just young people. Oh no, because that's it's, all it's of us. It's become yeah. so prevalent. So I deleted in, in the, not all so those young from my phone. <laughs> yeah. Uh really the only thing I use is, is Twitter and then you and I talked about this that it's basically for news. It's just you gather. But you could go down a rabbit hole there if you're not careful. Uh, your phones tell you how long you spend in an app. And I remember one time, you know, I was seeing how much I was spending on, you know, you're, you're in a waiting room or you're waiting, you're just idle, you're just waiting for things to happen. And you go on these things and you just go down and down and down and down. And, and you realize, you look at your phone, you go, I spent how much time on this app? And it goes, no, this app needs to go. Okay. If if my, you know, the app on my phone or on my iPad, if it, if, if the, the top app is not my breviary app, my prayer app, then there's there's a problem. Probably isn't. So uh, I'm just saying, but it, not just only, but but to young people, especially over the last two years, they need to be engaged, and that's the thing that they they have not mastered because they're not used to it anymore. In other words, let let me get out of the house or be, or, or put the phone away, mm-hmm. and engage another person, engage another friend. They prefer okay, that's that's you know they could be surrounded, and I've seen this. Saw yesterday at the picnic, you had a bunch of, of our 13 or 14 or 15-year-olds around there, and all of them were on their phone. Well, let's see what other people are doing instead of just, yeah. let's just enjoy the be. moment and yeah. be. And listen, you said it's not just young people. How many times have we walked in a restaurant and a, and a family of four is sitting at a table and they're all on their phones? You know, the Holy Father has pointed this out. I don't know how many times the Holy Father has been to restaurants as Pope. He went, <laughs> into, he went into a record shop the other day, but that's, you know, but he, he had to have seen this before he left when Osiris and became Pope, he had to have seen this, that people are beholden by idleness. Why is idleness uh, such a danger? It's a danger because it, you know, it, it, it allows us to, to our minds to go to things 
that are not Christocentric. When, you know, why is it that it's so important? You know, somebody yesterday asked me, Father, you know, the formation nights are coming up on Wednesday. Are we going to broadcast them? I go, well, first of all, no, they're in Cumber Hall. We don't have the capacity to broadcast. We want people to engage. We, we need people to get out from behind the screen and engage each other. Not to say that we won't have infirm people that need it, of course, but we need to get away from this Zoom mentality or I could just sit at home, just turn on the thing and, and it's there. No, go engage, engage other people. But especially for our young people, idleness is such a trap by the devil. And we need to combat that by engaging them. And the most important thing we need to engage them in is the Eucharist. Love for the Eucharist. When I see the servants of the pierced hearts, and I, and I had this experience a couple of years ago where I hosted, uh, uh, I hosted a group of uh, young people from Peoria that were here helping out in the summer camp at the cathedral. And these children, I mean, they're teenagers. They were so on fire with love of Christ. And you see that every Tuesday night at, at, at their John Paul II house, yeah. that they're there and they're going to confession, they're going to adoration. And one of, one of our aftercare, our girl in charge of aftercare, she goes and she went with them to the March for Life. And she said, Father, what are we doing here? I go, you tell me, do it. If let's do it. Yep. You know, so that's what, you know, folks, that's what we need to pray for, is pray for through the intercession of John Bosco for our young people to engage Jesus Christ, to engage each other in person, not over their phones or over social media, but to come to this face-to-face -face encounter with our Lord and with each other, because only then will we start conquering young hearts for Jesus. This is, you know, John Paul II said it during World Youth Days, Benedict XVI said it during Youth Days, Francis has said it on World Youth Days, and that great homily uh, at the vigil in Copacabana Beach in Rio de Janeiro, he said, you know, you need to be protagonists of your story. And you can't do that if you're idle. You can't do that if you're just sitting, if you're a spectator, because Christianity is not a spectator sport. You have to get involved in the game. That's a good segue into the sports segment, but that's, you know, we're not doing that now. <laughs> but I'm just saying, he goes, he said, you know, he said, he said, you know, hit, you know, what U.S. should have done yesterday in their soccer game. You know, they should, be, they should be attacked. <laughs> you should be attacking. You should be yeah, going absolutely. forward. Absolutely. You should be going forward and not falling back. Because if you fall back, you will get trapped in that idleness. You know, and before we close this off, I have to say, we've, we've mentioned World Youth Day so much. You're talking about engaging youth in the Eucharist. The oh most my, yeah. profound experience I have had probably in my life, I can honestly say that, was in Krakow for World Youth Day. And this was before uh, before kids were in the picture. You know, Angie and I were, were that, what year was that? That was uh, 14. Mm -hmm. So we were two years married, you know, just getting started. We knew there was going to be this massive adoration event at the arena. So I, I took my, my group and we said, we're going. And we got there, the doors were locked. And some of the kids were saying, okay, no, let's go. Let's go back. It's been a long day. I said, nope, it's locked because the previous event hasn't finished. We're going to stick this out. We were first ones at the door. It, we had to wait about 15, 20 minutes. Finally, the event ended. I told you. they let Everyone left. They let us in. 30,000 young people. This arena was packed to capacity, standing room only for uh, 
adoration with Bishop Barron, with Matt Marr singing, mm-hmm. and I have never seen joy like I did in that room, in that building that day. And it went from, I mean, we just went to a heat game the other day. It was, you know, nineteen. Maybe, it was nineteen thousand people. You know, half half filled, and it was. It got. They said it was capacity. It was capacity. Yeah, I saw a lot of empty mm-hmm. seats, but. It people, was loud. People hanging out in the lounge. It was loud. You know, we've been to UM games in, mm-hmm. at Hard Rock at the Orange Bowl, and it's loud. You know, we, we started off this. Don't say Martin's Park. No. Yeah. No. Well, when the roof is closed, it, it, can, <laughs> it can get loud. Yeah, but, and you, you expect that for a sport. Right. I would have never expected yeah. the amount of noise and, and just the, the authentic joy. Mm-hmm. No one was on. I mean, the, yeah, we took out our phones to take videos, but for the most part, yeah, phones were away, and everyone was yep. just. Singing and dancing and praying and and playing and having a good time together. Oh my goodness! And but but then it went from that craziness of of you know activity and, and excitement and and noise. Bishop Barron came in with the Eucharist and that place went silent. Mm-hmm. And at, you know thirty thousand knees or sixty thousand knees hit the floor simultaneously. I, I get I get goosebumps just thinking about it. There is something so fulfilling about seeing young people praying yep. before the Eucharist, and, that, and that's why I love. We we had the March for Life uh, last weekend, and it's two years that we haven't been able to go, and 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 I miss that yeah. because you see hundreds of thousands of young people standing up for life yeah. in the cold of Washington D.C. And then the the events surrounding the Vigil for Life and the Basilica the night yeah. before the 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 Mass the morning of with the Cardinal of Washington and in in the arena where the Wizards and the Capitals play. And I've been to all these events, and I've been to some of the you know ancillary yeah. events where we have things like that. And one of the things I always say about the March for Life that I that I love doing during confessions, because you have children like I hear confession here at the school, I hear confession in high schools, and kids go because maybe they're forced or maybe they want to get out of class. But here are children that are on fire; they mm-hmm. they come joyfully to confession, and and I imagine that's what you'll get in World Youth Day. You're breaking me down. It's August 1st through the 6th of 2023. Let's go. You're up. in. I didn't say You're anything. In. No, I, I think didn't say I think he said he's in. No, I didn't say I didn't say anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to I don't want to fly across the, you know, the, the pond twice that summer, you know, I'm planning to go to France. Maybe I'll move it up. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Is that, I'm working on it. I'm it's, working it's on it. That, it's that it's that it's that vigil. <laughs> I mean, if maybe my I was supposed to go to World Youth Day in 1993 except that that weekend I started seminary. So uh-huh. it was a little Well, you know, and, and I was going with the Cuban delegation. We were going to meet with the with St. John Paul II. Oh, and, wow. you know, I had to be a priest, right? You know, so I had to start there. Uh, so my friends today, just to wrap up this first segment, you know, uh, I invite you to, to, to pick up 1 Corinthians 13, read through it, meditate on it. If you're married, since this is used in so many marriages, and, and by the way, this, this, this uh, reading was a, but of a joke in, in the wedding the movie Wedding Crashers, as they would bet, okay, what reading are they doing? Ephesians, doing First Corinthians, <laughs> doing Colossians. Uh, I remember I didn't like the movie. That that part did crack me up. But um but read it, you know, if you're a married couple, if you're an engaged couple, or anyone, just read it. Do you live live up to that standard of love? And also pray for our young people through the intercession of St. John Bosco, uh, who did so much for Catholic education, for reaching out to young people and bringing them closer to the love of Christ. We will conquer souls if we open our hearts and open our churches 
and be welcoming places for our young people, whether they be ba- whether they be babies or teenagers or young adults. We need to make our churches welcoming spaces for our youth, so that they may fall in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, yes, the you, the you, the you, the you. running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? Super Bowl. We ready? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. How about that? They were worried about it. Wow. They were worried about them winning that first wild card game. How and much? Her- how much does it hurt to be a Dolphin fan today? A lot because because there, we, we could, could have had no we could have had Joe Burrow. Cincinnati's doing what we should have been doing, right? And listen, and they did that in two years. Yeah, they were where we were, and they were worse than we were. Yes, two years ago. Yes, and not only that, the coach, the head coach Zach Taylor, was our quarterback coach when I was a chaplain. Now they're going to say he's a disciple of McVay. And yeah, he probably learned from McVay, but really, he's a, he's, he's the son-in-law of Mike Sherman, who was a coach of the Packers for many years, coached Texas A&M for, uh, for some time, and then was our offensive coordinator uh, about 10 years ago. Yeah. But Zach Taylor and then Lure Anamuro, I'm always, oh, last name, I mispronounced his last name, was our cornerback coach when I was a chaplain, and now is a defensive coordinator of a very, very good defense. So uh, you, you know how many disciples of Bill Belichick's coaching tree have led their team to a Super Bowl? I'm going to go with zero. Zero. You know how many disciples of Joe Philbin have made their t- one? So there you go. There you go. Or <laughs> went on to my head coach. So um, it, Cincinnati. It, since I'm trying, I'm trying to remember who they beat in the first round because that they were worried about that game. I mean, they were worried about they were worried about you know you know because they had had not won a playoff game. You know, it had been long. The Dolphins last won a playoff game in the year 2000. It had been long. I want to say night. 90, 91, something like that, that they had not won. So it had been 30 years wow. since her last uh, since her last playoff win. And now, not only did they get one, they got they two, got they two, got three. Three to get, Super Bowl and, and one more, and yeah. they're Super Bowl champions. But just, just to make it, see, you, the Dolphins have never made the Super Bowl in your lifetime. They, In fact, they nope. played in the Super Bowl either, I forget, it was in 1985, it was either a couple of days or... Before your it before, was a, before your birth, you were born, nineteen eighty five. I remember that game vividly. You know we were so psyched up, and then Joe Montana happened. Ah. Dan Marino was his first. I went, oh, I'll come back, make it more. It is so difficult mm-hmm. to do to win these games. Uh, in the first round, Cincinnati beat the Raiders, and it was it was a close game. It was a seven point game. Raiders were on a roll. You know, but and now they're there. Joey Burrow, Dolphins could have tanked. We couldn't even do that right. Okay. Not to say Tua can't do it for us, but it's like uh, just a great turnaround for Cincinnati. Oh, God yeah. bless them. And the Rams, and the I mean, Rams. They, they, they put everything in, you know, put all the chips on the table, yeah. traded for, for Matthew Stafford, traded for Von Miller, you know, Jalen Ramsey, traded for, Od- you know, for Odell Beckham, and there they are. You know, it was, there was something I was saying uh, to someone yesterday, there was something missing yesterday, not having, 
you know, everybody thought, okay, Aaron Rodgers is going to, I, I was, I thought it was Aaron Rodgers year, you know, but, yeah. and, and there was one person that was missing yesterday. You missed him yesterday? Not at all. Did you miss him? Nope. Are you, are you sad about Tom Brady's retirement? Oh, heartbroken, man. We drank, we drank to think, you Cheers know. to that. Has he, <laughs> like, has he officially announced though? As we toast, both of us have mugs of water in our <laughs> hand right now. You know. Has he officially announced though? Well, here, here's the thing, and, and everybody's like, yes and no, and yes and no. It was broken by Adam Schefter, who went to University of Michigan at the same place where Brady went. Adam Schefter's very close to his agent. Uh, if if it wasn't true, his agent would have walked him back. And here's the thing. Tom Brady's sportsman, TV Sports, tweeted out, okay, you know, all the his accomplishments, seven yeah. Super Bowl rings, all the MVPs, all the accolades, yada, 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 yada. <sighs> and then all of a sudden it was elite, I guess. He wasn't ready for that to be made right. public, so he walked it back. Somebody said the other day, he's just preparing one one incredible oh, retirement video and, sure. and is not ready uh, to release that yet. Yeah. Also, I read the other day that I believe on February 5th, which is a Saturday, he's due $12 million, part of his signing bonus last year. Oh, well. So I would probably wait, hold off on that. If you know, Yes, Tom Brady has a lot of money, but $12 million is $12 million. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. But, you know, there's all these kickers that come in and all that. Can I get that kind of a deal? No. I don't, I don't have <gasps> worth, that. Worth a shot. Yeah, exactly. At least you asked. <laughs> but we don't, you know, Tom Brady, 20 years of being tortured by that man. But yet. And off to the sunset he goes. Yeah, but there's only the team that beat him the most. The Dolphins. The Dolphins. That's Go right. figure. They, they, he, he would, this is his personal house of horrors mm-hmm. down here. But my goodness, going up to there, I hate going in there. Oh, my goodness. That was Awful. I could I'm think I'm closing my eyes. I'm hearing that touchdown song, which is just so annoying. You know, I, I you know, and up just there, Boston fans. Yeah, but that's not that's another it. story. That's another. I lived story. there, so I I lived it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were not that obnoxious before 2001. No, before Tom Brady won the first Super Bowl, and then Red Sox broke the curse, and then yep. it, and and it spent ten went, years. And Celtics all downhill from there. Bruins, Celt, Bruins, yep. Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. No one was a Patriots fan before 2000. Come on. Never saw it. Never saw it. Anyhow. Heat. So we were. Okay. The so here's. A, now you, we have a story because. Oh my goodness. I don't know how Ashley pulled this one off. All right. So when was the last time you went to a Heat game? When did they debut the new scoreboard? Oh my God. I've been there forever. <laughs> 20 well, years. Yeah. So. No. It's been that long already. Come on. Yeah. I, I, the scoreboard's I, been I, like that forever. With the, with the crazy. The antenna thing? Antenna thing? That's been there since the arena was in. Yeah, that's probably the last time I went. Because I remember like, oh, look, you can almost touch the scoreboard. Because I was sitting way up in the the nosebleed. No. So I believe the last game, because of the pandemic, the last game I went to was Dwayne Wade's last game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I was fortunate to go to that one. Nice. Uh, But uh, so it's been two plus years, almost three years since I, no, three years since I went to a week. It was February, uh, it was April of, uh, of of 2019. And um, so we so we're supposed to have the kids sing the national anthem. The kids are supposed to sing the national anthem against the Clippers. We had, had we we were we were negotiating the the group outing, yep. you know, the ticket, the the seat location, yep. everything. And then holidays hit, um, and then our ticket rep left the team. Yeah, and we were ghosted, and, and it was we like, were, he and, said to me, "Walked, we're, we don't know." I, I'm like, "What's the story?" I think and we had to it sell was these one tickets. of those like, "Oh, it's the we, we're supposed to be at the Heat game on Friday." And, so, oh, we, we have no idea what's going on. So we reached out. We found out he was gone, and then the Heat made up for it in spectacular fashion. Wow! Yeah, I'll say uh, we had tic- we had seats 
You know, the kids, the kids who hear this are going to hate this, right? <laughs> like I was supposed to sing the national anthem on the court, and I didn't get to do that. And instead, you got to go enjoy a right. game exactly. in the second row behind the visitors second bench. row behind the visitors <laughs> bench with access to the American Air or whatever you call it, American Airlines Lounge. Uh, it was just an incredible experience. Yeah, you know, I can never go to a heat game again. No, after you were ruined. But here's the thing: it was a terrible place to watch a game. Oh no, awful. I mean, yet you enjoy the experience of being so close. You realize how tall these guys are, the intensity what they play for, the the ferocity of their dunks, oh, yeah. the skill of these people. But you can't see be, anything. You see it between you know players in front of you standing up. Thank God that we were blowing out the Clippers most of the game. They made it interesting at the end, and then the Heat had that triple overtime loss on Saturday. I'm like, we should have gone to that one. Oh, you did. You did yell out uh, down in front. No, you, 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 you. I wanted to. You actually. No, no, did. no. You, a, so I don't you know who said. there was a player standing. At, you know, end of the game, there was getting close again. So the. the but I did with my my hand over my the mouth. The Clippers so like, bench is standing up because they're into the. They're getting back into. They're this getting. Thing. They, they made it a six point game late. You know, and, we were and I just hear out of the left side of. Uh, you know, down in front. I don't know. You did it. <laughs> you, you, you dared me, and like, what are they gonna do? An NBA security was They didn't do anything to us. So. But it was just incredible. The thing is that you can't see it. And then when you look toward, and we were right in front of the the, the, the basket, and then you, when you're looking towards the other basket, you can't see because it, it, this is the place where people go to see and be seen. Yep. So we were walking up, and they could care less what's going on in the in the basketball game. And, you know, security all around them, protecting the the, the, the Clippers bench. And it, it was a great experience, but, you know, because the next game we go to, we're going to be sitting in the 400s with the kids. Yeah. But it's going to be fun. So, yeah, that's the silver lining is, is right. there will be another game. Yeah. We're working on that. And we'll, and we'll get you that and we'll parish outing and all that stuff. But the Heat are playing well, first in the conference. Yep. Uh, we're still, we're, we, Lowry was out. We still haven't gotten, we should have beaten Toronto. Uh, but Toronto, God bless them. They played a great game and, 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 and they were great. And Tyler Hero, you know, Chuchi got back from her honeymoon and broke this down for me yesterday during choir practice when I went to visit them. And I, I can't believe you sent her on her honeymoon a picture of Tyler Hero. She said from, she would have killed me from if she didn't. Six feet away. She said she would have killed me <laughs> if I wouldn't have done that. You You're know? gonna send it to her after. No. But the thing is that her husband was texting me on Thursday. Okay. Okay. They're, why they're why was Saint he text? What? Because, because these are kids nowadays. I, we love them both. Okay, CJ Chuch, I was supposed to meet with you guys before you got married. We're now, definitely you, meeting yeah, now. You after guys, you you guys got take married. them out to dinner, please. <laughs> they, you know, take them out to dinner. Now, now they have time. She doesn't have to wor- worry about planning a wedding or anything. Now they have time. Take them out to dinner. Tell them what, what it's all about. So no, so they, he texted something about the U.S. soccer team. We'll get into that in a second. And then when I'm there, he goes, oh, "I've texted CJ. You know, I got to send her this picture." You know, so I send her the picture to Tyler. She's like, oh, it's not would have killed you if you wouldn't have sent it to me. She was So she breaks it down the Saturday game. So they got back on Saturday. She goes, Tyler was so clutch at the end of regulation. And then they didn't put him for the last play. And then in overtime, he lost his confidence. He couldn't hit a shot. You were paying attention to that game. You were watching. You were sitting next to me watching. What? You were paying attention to that game. Totally. Totally. So it's like, yeah, but it was a great game. Props to Toronto. They, all five starters played more than 50 minutes, which is just incredible. Uh, so that's the Heat. The Panthers, first Panthers, place. Tied for pl- first place in, in, the points league. in the league. So they're playing great Man, hockey. that's a scoring machine. You know. Are they still putting up you know, four or five goals per game I mean, at it's, home? It's, it's, look, it, it, home, they've only lost three times at home this year. And you, you blink and they score three times. It's, it's Hoobie, crazy. Hoobie for Hart Trophy. You yeah. know what the Hart Trophy is? Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. Come on. No, you don't. Come on. You, you know this year. Oh, yeah, this year. <laughs> But this yeah, year. Justin Huberto. I mean, he's playing. He's playing great hockey. They're just playing great hockey. And and listen, it's Stanley Cup or bust. Come on, yeah. let's do it. 
Yeah. You got to bring a championship back to South Florida. We've been, we've been, you know, gone for too long. It's been 2013 since the last title with the Heat. So that that's been going on. Uh, as we speak right now, uh, the Dolphins still do not have a head coach. No. The Harbaugh rumors continue. Baseball still locked out. Baseball still locked out. Does uh, David Ortiz got into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. You you I, got that one. I got a lot of them. I mean, I, I said a lot, but I did get that one. I said he was going to get in. It was our next to last episode that we did that I, I listened to it the other day. You heard me uh, listening to it. That was the day after the, the election. What did I say? And you have a David Ortiz, uh, well deserved. Mm-hmm. 77% got in on his first, on the first bat, which is a great honor. Uh, and Clemens and Bonds did not. You know, uh, we got to pray that, you know, that the two sides in, in Major League Baseball, you know, they look like they were making some progress. They're supposed week. to meet again today, I think. And, you know, so that, that's we'll, progress. At hey, least they're talking. They're meeting. They're they didn't talking. talk for a month and a half, and now they're talking. So now that oh, we they, have this they, two they're, weeks they're, between. They're looking at the calendar, too. No, because yeah. spring training starts on uh, February 16th, I think, pitchers and catch reports to some camp. So uh, I talked to the first base coach of the Phillies the other day, and he says, you know, he's due at camp on the 14th. I mean, Coaches, why you why you bring away manager? Why you bring your these coaches out from their wives on the fourteenth of Valentine? Well, that's cruel, my goodness. But uh, you know, so we could be there opening day, and uh, you know, and the schedule. But they're talking about maybe if if, they, if it gets too close, being a condensed spring training, and but start the season on time, so you get all one hundred and and six two games in. But uh, because now that you have the two weeks now before the Super Bowl, maybe now some you know noise gets up. Mm-hmm. And but after the Super Bowl, it's like hello, baseball. We're season. waiting for baseball. Let's go. That's and my we favorite cannot. Part, that's my favorite part of the Super two Bowl. Two more things we have to touch upon: UM hoops, UM hoops, number one in the there ACC, but will, not will ranked. Get, will we be ranked today? We'll find out in a couple of hours. Man, but how, I don't know what. How 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 are you? The uh, top Florida team? State. That's how, what it is. Florida by one point. Both games. One point. Both games. How are you? How are you? The best team in the ACC, and not ranked, and not ranked. Because the ACC's garbage this year. That's why it's Duke it's, and it's still and the ACC. Else. It's still yeah. It's, going into Georgia Tech, it's you know they they cream Georgia, but it's not easy going on the road. ACC half court buzzer, which you said I was not very enthused about yeah, when look you at showed that. it to me. Oh, I was wow. tired, good, dude. Good for him. And then I went, I wigged out. You and saw me wig yes, out over, over an eagle, a golf shot over an eagle. <laughs> it that, was, that it was J- pretty. It, that Jason Day hit the other day. Trying to get George to watch golf, he doesn't want to. No. He played no, it. We I'll played. play it. I'll have fun. George played his first to play it. eighteen holes of golf over the over the holidays. Let's go. I'm due yeah. again. I'm due for oh. another round. All right. <laughs> and finally, we cannot <laughs> pass without mentioning the U.S. Um, we're talking about attacking in the first segment, being you know. Protagonist and moving forward and attacking and not falling back, and the U.S. goes to Canada. Can I give you a hard time? Sure. Because this last segment, you were talking about uh, you know, people being on their phone right, and not being present. Right. And we're at the picnic yesterday. We're playing dominoes. We're playing dominoes, and you're watching the game on your phone. I am. It's <laughs> a U.S. soccer team. I w- was I, I played well. I beat you. I creamed you a couple of times. Once. Once. Twice. twice. I okay, beat you so twice. We were, so we were even. I okay. got, we played I got, four games. I got two I beat you twice. All right, you know what? We're going to go buy a domino table for Let's downstairs, and we're going at it. Vamos. You know, in the dominoes, because this, this is not going to stand. So Product. Fia's supposedly very good. we got to find another person. To, to Work productivity continues okay. to we'll, tank. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll grab Liz. I was paired with our math teacher, okay? And 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 you all you all had kids on top of you, okay? And, and I'm, I was still bringing it. Come on. So anyways, the U.S. <laughs> soccer team... Barely beats El Salvador in Columbus in like minus frigid, fifteen degree weather. Frigid. I'm exaggerating. It was, it was thirty degrees, but still. 
I mean, anything pl- under 30 is all the same. It wasn't that cold. Where they, were, they were playing outside of Toronto, and it was being 23 degrees. I'm like, I'm like who's playing in, Tor- in, in Canada and outdoors? But they did, and I didn't see all of the game. I saw the last 15 minutes, and it was just... It looked frustrating, and they play Honduras later this weekend. They need the three points. We're, we're and then second they place. That, they gave up that goal, which those, goal differential. Oh, yeah, that was bad. at the end, which was, was like bad. it was bad passing. You saw it. You yep. know, it was, it was sitting there, and but, um, but yeah, they they play Honduras. We got to qualify for the World Cup. Got to qualify for the World Cup, or else I don't know what's going on. They're not playing Pepe. They're not playing. You know, they're not playing certain people. Uh, this is why I need. To, we should have called TJ. He could have given us a better analysis because he, he told me. Yeah, I saw the game when I was at my hand. I'm like, <laughs> your wife let you then? You oh, know, go CJ. Take him out to dinner. Take take him out. You know, let's do it. They'll be down. They're they're probably listening to this, and 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 their parents are probably listening to this and saying, yeah, take him out to dinner. Let's you go. didn't do it before. You know, let's, let's do go. it after. They were ready. They're good. Friends, it's great uh, to be back. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we begin our formation series here in the parish. 7.30, is it? 7.30, Cumber Hall. Cumber Hall? Seven, no, 7. Hold is on. It, you're looking it up? Hold on. <clears throat> Excuse me, because we always need to do 7, 7.30. Uh, it's so but it's in Cumber Hall. We're going to start a formation series. Um, what do we believe? 7.30? Oh, it's, it's loading. Oh, it's, it's loading? Okay. It's loading. So what do we believe is the topic of the talk that I will give to you live and in person? It will 7 be... 7 p.m. 7, 7 p.m. 7, so, on, 7 zero, 0 Okay, so 7 o'clock. Cumber Hall, we will be talking about the catechism. Go work on it now after we're done with the podcast. Uh, we're breaking open the catechism. What is it? Look at the creed. The catechism is kind of like breaks. It, it, they break it up like the creed. One of the greatest gifts that St. John Paul II gave the church <clears throat> was commissioning that the, the catechism of the Catholic Church. Every, every, you know, we have it on our, uh, on the computer, but every home needs to have obviously a Bible, but a copy of the catechism at the ready. So we're we going to break that open. We got a great liturgical week too. So Wednesday is yep. uh, is pre- uh, the feast of the presentation of the mm-hmm. Lord, also known as Candlemas. We have a little explanation in the bulletin if you didn't get to read that. Bring your candles to mass. We'll have uh, we'll be blessing those uh, those candles for religious use at home at all masses on Wednesday. And then Thursday, Saint Blaise, we have the uh, the annual blessing of throats. Also explained uh, in the bulletin where that tradition came from. Uh, but any any masses on Thursday, you'll be able to get your throats blessed absolutely and that'll happen on thursday so a lot of great things happening pray for our catholic schools and catholic schools week and um you know and just a great week you know i want to thank everybody for all the events that we had during january january's over my goodness first month of the of 2022 gone Gone. and uh parish you know we're gonna have retreats coming up and then by this time next month we'll be talking about lent you know or the beginning of Lent, which begins the first week of march so a lot of things Folks, please, please, please share this podcast. Share it with others. You know, just listen to a share. You know, we don't, we don't need the the rate subscriptions. You know, because that's for advertisers. We don't have any advertisers. Thankful, thankfully. Uh, so please share it. Share with others so you can listen to it. I know a lot of people listen to it on the way back from work today. Uh, it's always posted at latest at eleven o'clock every every Monday morning. Where he's looking at his watch, going, "Wait, I got I got to work. I'm I got, good. I'm good. <laughs> you're, you're good." So. Uh, well, coming up, share it. coming up with the title is always the hardest part. No, oh, that's I, I, I got it. I'll, I'll get for, I'll get it for you when, when we go up the air. But please share it. And today we want to pray for our young people. We want to pray for them that we are able to instill in them the love of Jesus Christ. That that love will continue to grow, and that our parishes will be beacons 
of hope for young people. They may find refuge in them, not in the things of the world, but in the things of Jesus Christ. And may Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.